Woo! All right, are we set? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Charlie boy. Ah, oh, Ricky. Hey, hey man. Ken. I was just gonna call you. Oh man. yeah. I really, I actually really was <laughs> gonna call you. Don't worry about that. That was a heck of a fight. Congratulations to both of you. That was really good. Boy, it was an amazing fight. That was a great job, young man. Oh come on, man. What? You serious? <laughs> well, you thought I was, uh, you thought I was joking when I said I'd beat you within an inch of your life. He thought that was a joke. How about that? It wasn't a joke. <laughs> and welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy that doesn't take itself too seriously. And this week, filling in as Bryn, is the one and only Alex Patak. Hey everybody, I'm Bryn Nibor. Let's get a rockin'. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get a rockin'. As Bryn always says on this show, we are in week two of the Dark Council mandated giant robot month or big robot month i guess um these Damn robots are not dark council and their <laughs> iron <laughs> rule <laughs> these robots i would say uh, in this movie are not as big as i would have expected them given that we are doing big robot month um they are bigger than people however uh not quite bigger enough for me to call them how big, big do you want the robots to be? <laughs> like Gundam big. You're un, un, <laughs> I'm you're talking about Gundams. Big robots are Gundams. With a These are regular robots. Robot. <laughs> Anything smaller than a person would be small robot. Yeah, I'd call, I'd call it a medium-sized robot. Anyway, we are in week two of the uh, Big Robot Month, uh, talking, of course, about the 2011 Sean Levy film Real Steel. But we're not going to get into that just yet. As you all know, we begin the show talking about what else we watched this week. And Alex, I simply must know, what else did you watch this what week? What else have I been watching? I watched uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Which, which you we, saw. Was that going to be we, yours? We, it was, but I also have other things. And and we can probably talk about it for a while. So okay. Here's tell me the about thing. the context in which you saw Killers of the Where'd you go? So I'm back... At the movie pass. Mm. My movie pass is functioning on all cylinders. What I is can... the what is the current um, movie pass situation? Because I remember it used to be it was like a flat rate and you got unlimited movies. That's certainly not the case. Yes. Anymore. And the economy simply could not withstand that. Um, <laughs> there was a <laughs> glaring hole in the business model of the original movie pass. <laughs> They've somewhat tried to regulate that by having this weighted points system. Okay. They use where if you go on, so they give you 80 points a month. Okay. First of all, there's different tiers. So if you're like, I'm Mr. Director, I pay $50 a month and Mm -hmm. I can see unlimited movies. That's an option that no one does. Um, (laughs) Or they have the old fashioned one. The lowest tier is $20 a month and they give you 80 points and you can go to the movies that many numbers of times. So the difference is if I go Monday through Thursday, it's like 15 points. So I can see four movies in a month for $20. Okay. I also live. That's with, uh, that's already a pretty good deal. I It's uh, the price of pretty much one movie ticket. So that's pretty mm-hmm. good. I'm like happy to sign up for that. It's a little annoying because now, unlike in 2016, every movie theater has um, 
assigned seating. So if right. you want to go anywhere, you have to buy an individual Nighthawk, um, not Nighthawk, uh, movie pass, movie ticket mm-hmm. by yourself. Hope no one scoops those ones next to you and then tell your friends like, I got A34. Oh, go, yeah. go. <laughs> that does kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. Whereas but... folks who were a bit younger perhaps didn't get in on it. The old school movie pass was just you just showed up and just showed degenerate. them the movie pass and that was it. <laughs> it was like somebody like turned off the law. Yeah, for... you. I mean, I remember like the movie pass era. Alex was like a very powerful Alex. <laughs> I saw every movie for two full years and you saw him like multiple times. You were just going to see shit you didn't even like (laughs) it's the only accessible public space in new york (laughs) you have a special pass and you show up at amc using your movie pass to go take a shit (laughs) i did that (laughs) um but anyway the new one is worse but i live uh walking distance from a nighthawk which is opened up near prospect park Mm. and they also to encourage you to come back because they sell food there um They'll give you a free ticket for a Monday through Thursday show every time you go. They'll email it to you. So uh-huh. that with my movie pass is two free tickets Monday to Thursday. So I've right. been like staying going to the movies. I went to the movies three times last week. Wow. Um, I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. I saw The Killer, mm-hmm. which if, if you saw Killers of the Flower Moon, thought I could do this without a whole lot less Flower Moon. Um <laughs> It was an okay film. And then... uh, Yeah, who knew two hours of that movie was just Flower Moon? (laughs) It was all Flower Moon. And it's like, buddy, I got a job. I got got things to do. My time is money here. Which is also kind of the theme of the film. We'll get into that soon. Uh, And I also (laughs) saw Dick's The Musical, which is a uh, very funny musical comedy by some UCB bros. Uh Uh-huh. and it's uh, about these separated brothers who do a parent trap. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they also fuck each other and they they, they fuck they every fuck way imaginable. Other? And Nathan Lane's in it. And they're brothers? <laughs> yeah, they're brothers. It's really oh, funny. Oh, I know this guy with the long hair. Josh Sharp or the other guy? The long hair. The I don't know. Uh, the one who's got really long hair. He looks really German. He looks very German. We have a similar hair thing happening right now, which yeah. is... When I was seeing it with my wife, and it was sexually dynamic, I think to I behold. saw him. Um, I think I saw him open up for uh, uh, Joe Firestone and um, Julio Torres when they were uh, tuning up their names. Comedy Central half hours. Are you listening to these big names? These big names, dear listener. These are household Julio names. Julio Torres. <laughs> From he HBO had a big, fame. He, he had a big pop around his time at SNL and then his first thing with HBO. And then he actually just made a movie. Um, yeah, he's doing great. Which looks pretty good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's take our time and look down on Julio Torres from our movie recap podcast. Shaking our heads. For not quite having as saturated a couple of years as we perhaps how, expected him to have. How many years has it been since HBO, Julio? Don't have quite the pop you used to have. Although, what is Joe Firestone up to these days? What's your Twitter follower count? Joe Firestone. One must wonder what is Joe up to these I'm days? I'm almost at 10k, but not quite because <laughs> I'm not very good at it. <laughs> also, everyone hates being on there. 
Um, Joe Firestone. Yeah, she was she on what we do a podcast the with. Um, what's it called? I just did a fucking thing with them. The My Brother, My Brother and Me Network. Maximum Fun. She has Doctor Game Show. Oh yeah. Yeah, these are all great big names big is all names. I wanted to say. <laughs> anyway, it's a very funny movie. I definitely recommend Dick's the Musical. Dick's and now to talk musical. about real cinema, Killers uh-huh. of the Flower Moon. Yeah. So um long Can I just say this? Long movie. Can I just say this? Please. Bozos are back. (laughs) This is a top film for boneheads and Mm -hmm. bonehead lovers. You are not going to... The the flavor that Leonardo DiCaprio brings to the kitchen as just a dumb, cum-filled motherfucker Mm -hmm. is a lifetime achievement, and I am proud to have helped him get this far by watching him in The Revenant. You know, I was just watching a clip of um, Brad Pitt in in Burn After Reading, and I was thinking how, like, you could make a really great, like, uh, I don't know, like a political compass sort of thing of dumbasses in movies with the two. Like they, they end up being like very similar characters, not in, in what they do, but rather in just like what gigantic dumbasses they are and like where they react to things. Interesting. So like you, I, was, I would put the Leo one at authoritarian right wing. <laughs> yes. And I would probably put Brad Pitt at authoritarian left for in fight club or no, sorry. Uh, in um, no, in uh, uh, burn after reading. And burn after reading. That's in, interesting. In, he's in libertarian left. I meant to say libertarian left. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of the opposite spectrum of Leo in Killers of the Flower Moon in terms of cinematic dumbasses. He's not um, really a a bonehead in Fight Club, but that one would get the authoritarian left. Yes, for sure. If, if he was, if, if he was a bonehead, however, he's not. Although he's, you could say he's a bit of an airhead in that he doesn't exist. Therefore, his head is air. That and he tastes good at your local Seven Eleven, folks. <laughs> like um, the do they make Airheads anymore? Oh, I realize sure as do, I'm saying buddy. this out loud. Okay, they sure okay, do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old as all hell. <laughs> yeah, but my son came home with a bunch of them from trick or treating, and he's good not allowed Lord. to have them because he could choke. I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that candy did you get? I get a lot of it, yeah. Real there's talk, only s- I bet you're drunk on candy right There's now. only certain ones that we really will allow him to have because they're, like, good and chewable for his age group. So, like, anything, what? like, uh, like anything what? that's, like, uh, like any candy bar, like a Snickers, uh, whatever is fine. Um, like, uh, Reese's Cups, that's all fine. But, like, uh, like, Whoppers and shit, that's going straight to me, buddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's designed to choke a baby. Yeah, that's like <laughs> exact the exact size and dimension of like a baby's windpipe. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> you fucking bet you, dude. So I've been eating a lot of Whoppers. I'm all whopped up. <laughs> not not to divert the conversation too much from movies, which we love and respect. But has he started choking on cheese at all? Because I remember at that age, I was sucking down mozzarella cheese. Uh huh. In a way where my parents would have to put their full fist in my mouth and like grab it back <laughs> no, out. No, he is not. He is not choking on cheese. He's You're gonna have to look because it, it stretches when you pull it. It stretches when you pull it. It's a real hazard. <laughs> I did this all the time. I would choke on that. <laughs> so that's no. keep an eye out. <laughs> no, I don't think that Nico is in the same. He's not really quite in the same. Um, uh, uh, weight class as you in this regard. 
few are. <laughs> I will the, say he's not really a break holes in the wall from running around type of kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's not into savory choking yet. <laughs> No, he's not a savory choker. Anyway, um, I was watching this clip of Burn After Reading, and it's the one where he's like getting this. He's getting uh, it's, you know, the one where he says, like, oh, you think that's a Schwinn. But it's like the rest of the thing is just John Malkovich just berating him. And you see him like like losing himself in his fear of John Malkovich, but then also like looking to him for permission almost. And I was thinking about how Leo does that in this movie a lot, like especially in that last scene where he's getting confronted by his wife. Absolutely. He knows he doesn't know what to do except to like look to the cop to be like, was that okay? Can you do that? (laughs) Can you do that? My fa- I mean, without spoiling anything from the film, there is a scene where he is spanked with a paddle and a Masonic launch <laughs> until it breaks. <laughs> and it is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought, I mean, fucking awesome movie. Really, really, really good. Right? It was I mean, so good. Did yeah. you think it was funny? I thought it was funny at times. My theater was not a laughing type. I was so I was in uh, Las Vegas for work. And I was trying to find things to do that weren't gambling. <laughs> yeah. You were <laughs> pitching I, Chris Angel on a new podcast. I was just like walking around uh, the casino floor just being like, there's got to be something to do here. <laughs> that isn't just putting money into a machine that's going to take my fucking, it's going to take my rent away. Um, and I found like deep in the back of this casino I was staying at, um, like all tucked away into a corner was a movie theater, like a full, full, full-sized movie theater with like nine screens and an IMAX. Nobody in it. Not a single person in the place. One person manning the whole movie theater. (laughs) Because I think people go on vacation to Las Vegas and they're like, we're not here to go to the movie theater. For sure. But but at the same time, like the decadence of Las Vegas is such that you have to have that available. Like yes. you have to be like, it's it's an offering. It's something that we offer to you in in this in this fucking like you know, this capitalist nightmare that we've created here. You can do whatever you want. You can gamble. You can get your dick sucked. You can go to the pool. You could see a fucking movie if you wanted to. We have the There's only Alamo restaurants draft house. in here. You don't ever have to leave. <laughs> we have the only Alamo draft house that sucks you off in America. <laughs> Welcome so, to the Luxor hotels. <laughs> so I, so I went to go see it and, um, uh, it was in IMAX here as well. <laughs> so I saw it in IMAX God <laughs> like with two other people just sitting there. Uh, uh, it started at like 830. And <laughs> it's, it's a three and a half hour movie. And about an hour in, I was like, fuck, I'm going to fall asleep. And it's not because I don't like the movie. It's because it's dark and cozy and I've been drinking. and <laughs> It's 930. I'm nodding uh, and, and I'm, I understand. And I'm two hours different from home. So it's really 1130. <laughs> it's a damn so, shame. So I missed about 10 minutes of the movie just going to uh, sleep, going to get sodies to ah, get myself yes. back awake. <laughs> I was, but otherwise, I, yeah. fucking didn't feel like three and a half hours, I don't think. Um, didn't exactly fly by either. But <laughs> I would appreciate it more if every other movie wasn't also three and a half hour movie. Uh, mm. Three and a half hours for the last five years. Like I, I, how many Batmans I've sit through. <laughs> three plus hours you're watching them and you're like you didn't need to stretch your legs on this one (laughs) (laughs) you didn't need to get colin farrell the penguin 
its own origin story. The way did we you need did. a did we need a second sequence of Robert Pattinson just kind of like brooding around the rainy city to the tune of that same exact Nirvana song? They did it twice. <laughs> I did love that movie for its dangerous excesses, but like I've, I, there were just too many of them in a row. Um, but no, it didn't. It didn't wear on you the way this one felt. It uh, it was a smooth go. You felt like your people were being ethnically cleansed watching it. <laughs> what did you think of um, uh, De Niro? Oh, okay. So first of all, De Niro is back and he's daddy. <laughs> um, I think we all agree to that. Yeah. But I could not get over the fact that, I mean, this mostly stuck out for Leo, but the fact that like Leo's supposed to be like 22 mm-hmm. and then Robert De Niro's supposed to be like 50 and it's like both of these guys are 30 full years older <laughs> than the characters they're supposed to be playing. I mean, it's it, outrageous. They never like super explicitly state De Niro's age. So I'm like, all right, like I'm willing to I'm willing to go along with him being Leo's uncle because he could be like a they could have like a large age gap in, in his family, like between him and his brother, or he could be a great uncle and they just call him uncle. That's all well and good. Leo too fucking old. He's too way fucking too old. fucking old. He's, there's nothing youthful about him. This is the like prestige drama version of like eighties high school movies, <laughs> you know, where like the teenagers are already balding and shit. I can't wait for the Joaquin Phoenix Napoleon. I'm so excited. I saw a preview for it, and, and I was like, oh, my God, I love Look him. at this fresh-faced 15-year-old man, Joaquin Phoenix, just like, suit a war. <laughs> he sounds so fucking depressed the whole time. He's just like, suit a war. Oh, man, Napoleon's worn out. He hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I'm putting the crown on my own head. <laughs> <laughs> we have to retake Italy for the Republic. <laughs> Oh, I can't uh, fucking wait for that. I'm so stoked. But I, I will agree with you, though. I do think De Niro is so fucking back. Um, I always thought of him as being one of those actors that you bring in because you want him to do De Niro. You know, like uh, Jack Nicholson is like this, too, where like I'm just like when, when he's in The Departed trying to do a Boston accent that could not do any less for me. Like it. Wow. You don't want that from him. Night you and know? day from the city, the way the city of Boston felt about that role. <laughs> Which was, this is the highest art we have ever been a part of. I mean, I felt like everybody else in that movie does. Like, you know, everybody else is doing a good Boston accent, but Jack Nicholson sounds ridiculous the whole time. <laughs> and it's like, I just watched something with, um, oh, fuck. I forgot a it A different it's old like a, guy? It's a different old guy who's like trying to be, oh, it's um the guy from, uh, from, he's in. Are you talking um, about? Rocky isn't a lot of stuff. Sylvester Stallone's in a lot of stuff uh, where he's he's a tough old guy. He's the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Oh, damn. I'm not getting that one. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Uh, And he's supposed to be Southern in this movie that I watched. It's it's in... um, um, The two chicks in the car uh, and they drive off the cliff. Oh, Bonnie and Louise. Bonnie and Louise. I was going to say Bonnie and Clyde too. It's Thelma yeah. and Louise and he plays a cop in that he's a he's a detective chasing them. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> oh damn, we got there folks. We got there folks. We did it you and we only we, we only wasted it. mere minutes of your time. 
This is a movie podcast. Harvey Keitel is being a detective and he's supposed to be Southern. And it's like hilarious because he just sounds like Harvey Keitel until like the end of the sentence. And then he'll just go, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. This this is somewhat of a tangent, but my brother was watching the phone booth when I was Mm -hmm. visiting him last week. And uh, he's watching uh, it last week. He's watching it last week. Forrest Whitaker plays a New York cop in it. I've only pretty much seen him be Edie Amin before this. (laughs) (laughs) And he's showing up being like, you got you get out of my fucking department. This is not your place to be. And I was like, Edie Amin's changed. (laughs) You know, what's funny is like, you know, you you like, uh, when you see when you see a move a guy in a movie for the first time and it's like a good movie or whatever a decent movie at least like you kind of just associate that guy with that character forever you know what i mean yeah that's my Forrest Whitaker movie. That's who Forrest Whitaker is to me, is that Forrest cop. Whitaker's in everything, too. So anytime I, mean, that's I see how good him he was. being African, I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking kidding? <laughs> he rules in that movie. He looks so crazy. He's yeah, he's just the sitting man. there just like, listen, I know there's nothing wrong with you as a guy. You just wanted to cheat on your wife, you know? <laughs> wanted to go out the hotel, but listen, I know that's not you. That's not you. That's You're not a good you. guy. That and movie he's like was talking bananas. like way too low for how far away from the phone booth he is. <laughs> I don't know why everyone believes in Colin Farrell in that movie. It's hilarious. He's just a guy in a phone booth. I'm just a guy in the phone booth. I right. just want to get home. <laughs> the last thing I will say about the phone booth, the villain of the phone booth is um, Jack Bauer. It's mm-hmm. uh, 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 Fishing for the Name. It's the very silly named man. From 24, I have this. <laughs> I know, and I remember everybody saying at the time how like distracting it was that the guy from 24 is like no difference in his voice whatsoever. Extremely like... I, Kiefer I remember, Sutherland, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I remember they record him like really hot on a mic. So it's like, it's that like really deep sound that you get on radio. And you're just like, where is this guy supposed to be? Like, is he in a broadcasting booth calling this guy on the fucking phone? Yeah, he's got great audio, honestly. They're getting good <laughs> lines from him. Um, yeah, so Jack Bauer's calling and he's like, I'm going to blow your head off, sicko. But this is right after Spider-Man came out and he's just straight up doing the Green Goblin the whole uh-huh. movie. <laughs> I was going to say, it's very Jigsaw the way that the movie turns out because it's like, um, he's just like trying to teach him to like not, uh, to not like take advantage of his wife's trust or whatever. Like that's what the end of it is. trust. It sounds exactly like he's threatening Spider-Man the entire (laughs) film, but it's just Colin Farrell being like, just leave her alone. (laughs) (laughs) She's a good one. Anyway, the way that we got onto uh, yeah. this whole tangent was talking about De Niro and how I'm really surprised how good he did in this movie of just like having this like waspy guy voice. Like he really fucking nailed it. And I he do not think it. I do not think of him as a guy who nails a voice, but he really He's fucking back. does. He's having kids. He does do the thing where he <laughs> frowns and says lines very straight face, which oh, is sure. the De Niro thing. But that's uh-huh. what you want. That's what folks. you want. That's what his face does. What can you do to prevent that's that? That's what you that's why we go to the theaters. <laughs> I love uh I love when the whole house of cards starts crashing. It's a it's a Scorsese movie. I don't have to sp- call that a spoiler you know by the way spoilers there's crime (laughs) (laughs) spoilers there's crime there's murder and at some point you think they're gonna win but then the house of cards falls on them (laughs) but i love when that starts to happen and he goes into the guy he goes into the sheriff's office or whatever and he's like 
guess I'm going to be arrested today. And the guy's like, no, come on. He's like, you, hey. put the cuffs on me. Put the cuffs on me. He's like, what are you in for? Murder, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very funny movie. Yeah, he's he is dripping with charisma, that guy. It's unbelievable. Um, and what else from this movie can we talk about without ruining without it for spoiling folks? the whole thing? Um, <laughs> um, it is also it's one of those things where it's like a historical event. So it's mm-hmm. like, so if you know about it, you know what going happens. to the Wikipedia. What else is there? <laughs> uh, spoilers for the American West. <laughs> there was a different peoples there. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're they're not treating the natives so well. Well, I guess we could just move on to another movie that I watched this week. I watched. Yeah, what do you uh, got? I, I rewatched in the hotel room uh, straight out of Compton. It was on VH1. Oh hell yes! <laughs> I love that movie. I I remember liking it. I was positive on it when it came out. I'm a lot more negative on it now. When's the last time you watched it? Uh, I don't know, eight years ago, something yeah. like that. I, here's what I remember is because I did watch it multiple times is the beginning of the movie where they uh, break down the door at the house. Easy E is robbing with a mm-hmm. tank. I was like, they're straight out of Compton in this. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that everything's Compton style here, but it is just o- open revisionism Mm-hmm. Of, uh, and Dr. Dre propaganda. That is the primary function it's, of the movie. I mean, it is literally like exactly the same kind of movie as Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Everybody everybody criticized Bohemian Rhapsody for how, like, I mean, they criticized it for a lot of things. But one of the things that they criticized it for was that, like, it's the surviving members of the band who very clearly still don't feel too hot about Freddie Mercury, like, writing the story about how they were, like, they were like hard workers and they were Actually, like doing the whole their best. band really made us and famous. It was, it was everybody in the band was really doing it. And then Freddie, you know, he got sick and he died because he didn't take the band seriously enough. I would and it's say like almost MC exactly the same thing good, in this. Like, MC Ren didn't have a good team attitude. That's why he died. Easy E is just like, you know, he's he obviously he was the first one to break out. I mean, who? I'm not going to lie to you. You know, he had a big single, but I mean, listen, everybody else was the band and he got sick and died because he was pathetic and he wouldn't give up on Jerry. (laughs) Here's here's what I'll say, though, is Ice Cube clearly is the entire band. (laughs) Uh Upon hearing that he wrote everyone's lyrics in a rap group, you got to be like, I guess this was actually all you, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, And he leads the songs, too. I mean, like, he's very obviously the front man of the group. He leads the songs. He's the only one with like a breakout solo career. It's obviously mm-hmm. like the. No, that's ice- not true. Dr. Dre had a, also a breakout Dr. solo he career. He had like, I mean, he has a huge producing career, but like his solo albums, he's got the chronic. And then like, could you name another Dr. Dre album? Isn't Dre 2000 is, is a pretty big one too, right? Did they I make mean, that up? It's called a, Dre 2000. That's something I you believe. could say to me, and I'd have to go. Damn it, he's right. 2001, <laughs> Dre 2001. Dre 2001, and that's the one that has guess what? Still I bet you Dre got... forgot about Dre. The next episode, I bet Slim Shady is all over that. Oh, you thing. know he is. He's not afraid to put it. Slim on the track on that one. <laughs> yeah, forgot about Dre is hilarious because that is technically a Doctor Dre song. <laughs> 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 It's a song about being like, by the way, I am still relevant and I'm tired of the malicious rumors. (laughs) (laughs) It's mostly Eminem on that song. I would love to see a breakdown of who is actually rapping more in that song. (laughs) 
it's it's definitely already like percentage wise broken down on the internet somewhere. Somebody's um, got to have done it. Yeah, but between the two of them, like I, although Ice Cube is also kind of a shitty guy, and like balancing also that they're from like the hardest socioeconomic conditions America had to offer in, mm-hmm. in the country at the time. Uh, Dr. Dre like full on was like assaulting people. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> in a way, this movie is like totally brushing over and not only brushing over but actively like actively covering up by being like by having these scenes where he's uh interacting with suge knight where like suge is doing like real gangster shit and dre's like we're supposed to be making music this isn't <laughs> about, about violence the music? i don't like seeing you hit people i'm in there with tupac <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that's very funny in the movie that I noticed this time watching is that every new character will say their name within like two seconds of being on screen. Anytime a new person comes in, like Snoop comes into the recording studio and somebody just immediately goes to him, who the fuck's this guy? And he's like, Snoop, D-O-double-G. Ah! <laughs> like, yeah! it's, exactly, it's like a Star Wars movie where they pause for C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, R2. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's with me. <laughs> Snippity dibbity. <laughs> man. Snoop Dogg is so Dogg cool. Snoop in Star Wars, man. <laughs> they should put him in everything. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. This is uh, just because it's tangentially related to Real Steel. Anthony Mackie is in the Notorious B.I.G. biopic as Tupac. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kyle pointed out that he has an inside joke with his friends where whenever Anthony Mackie's in a movie, they show each other the clip of Tupac getting introduced in that movie or it's a club. And he turns around and he's laughing. He goes, ha ha, sup, motherfucker, I'm Tupac. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of the most fun lines to say in any film. Anthony Mackie is also in 8 Mile. He's uh, Papa Doc. Oh, yeah. He has sex with Eminem's girlfriend, which is very funny uh, in Real Steel, because the first scene that we see Anthony Mackie, Eminem is playing uh, in the background. Yeah, Um, that's a damn shame. It should have been you, Papa (laughs) Doc. (laughs) Uh, One last thing that I watched this week and then we'll move on. Uh, I watched the Netflix uh, David Beckham documentary, um, which if you're not a soccer fan, doesn't have a ton to offer you uh however if you are a married person it does because there is some grade a in the beginning and ending of every episode grade a husband and wife ball breaking that you just oh boy you're gonna love to see that sort of shit it it, uh there's a, a fantastic scene that was floating around twitter the other day that's uh posh spice getting sat down for the interview and she's talking about like oh and like my family just loved david they like understood him so well because we're from like a working class background and then like david beckham just kind of like sticks his head in the door from the next room over just being like don't lie to them don't lie to them (laughs) (laughs) and she's like what he's like what kind of car did your father drive she's like i don't think that's important he's like what kind of car did your father drop you off at school with and she's like we had a Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> it was a G wagon. <laughs> I've somehow seen this clip. How did that happen? It was That's floating around on Twitter. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it if you're not a soccer fan. However, but uh, if you're married, if you're married, maybe watch the first couple minutes of each episode. You gotta watch it if you're married. And uh, that brings us on, of course, 
to our feature presentation. Folks, we are here to discuss the 2011 Sean Levy science fiction film Real Steel, starring Hugh Jackman and Dakota Goyo. That's right, <laughs> the Dakota Goyo. And Angeline, Evangeline Lilly, and Anthony Mackie, and Kevin Durant. And I think Wait. that's... Kevin Dakota Durant. Goyo is the little boy. Oh, no, he grew up weird. <laughs> they always do. Oh, no. They always do, my friend. His head's doing all kinds of things. Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that big head. This is this is the thing, man. We when when you get child actors, you really um, you prioritize things like big heads and um, big eyes. And then they grow up to look like, you know, giant toddlers. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like fucking if you're a handsome child, your dimensions are going to be all over the place later because mm-hmm. <laughs> your whole body changes after that. It's like not fully baked yet. Yeah. And I just want to get out there for all the ugly babies who are, you know, maybe doubting themselves this week. So Cl- Real Steel, mm. um, Alex, had you ever seen it before? I saw this in theaters. No kidding. <laughs> I strongly associate this with my parents' divorce when I was in college. <laughs> Don't remember feeling plus on it at the time. Uh-huh. Kind of thought it was silly. Uh, the rewatch? Loved the thing. Yeah, Can't get enough of it. So you saw it in theaters while your parents were divorced. Did one of your parents take you to see it? Yeah, I went with my dad, who was, was like, it like I, a, I was it a, like, we got to get out of the fucking house. Yeah, like, see, I do things with the kids. <laughs> we go to real steel. <laughs> we see Hugh Jackman at the top of his game. Who's, true, by the is, way, looking so good in this Hugh Jackman. He is really. And, and this is, you're right, the top of his game. This is during gotta be like peak jackman right yeah I mean, they got they is... must have got him like fresh off a wolverine workout for this thing because he's a goddamn beefcake in this yeah so this movie the premise of it is uh you know it's the year 2020 could you <laughs> the, imagine the, the far off year of 2020 where human boxers have been replaced by robots god and their 2020 is so much more optimistic than ours was, I was <laughs> <laughs> I'd I, much rather be in the robot 2020. <laughs> I was saying to Bryn last week that it's so funny in 2011 to make a movie that's in 2020. Robots have replaced people. Like, you have to have such an insane vision of the next nine years. Yeah, that's like you got a uh, you got a uh, a hot tip <laughs> that the news is going to get later, but it's going to be robot boxing. <laughs> Not global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> It won't be uh, everyone locking themselves in their house and going insane. Won't be everybody fast forwarding a year of their life. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot more about blue class robo boxing. So uh, Hugh Jackman is a former boxer. He's a retired boxer or a, you know, made to retire boxer. I don't remember exactly what happens to boxing, but it's you can't do it anymore. You don't at least. Do you remember, did they ever say explicitly, like, did they ban boxing or was robot boxing too cool and nobody wants to see regular boxing? They have one scene um, when they're at the junkyard and uh, Hugh Jackman's explaining to his son why they box with robots. And it's like, robots can handle the real carnage that boxing demands or whatever. Mm. 
But it isn't like, and then the government, <laughs> the said government punching said, was illegal. <laughs> CTE is too rampant, and so we need to make it robots. What I love about Hugh Jackman's character is he does seem badly afflicted with CTE in a yeah. way that is never addressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, these robots—they're getting walloped out there. Yeah. So we open uh, the movie with Hugh Jackman at like a shitty shitty little county fair i mean like this is a small county in the middle of nowhere bullshit little carnival they're uh, in real america and he's dragged a robot out to uh to fight a bull and i know what you're thinking folks at home you're thinking oh like a matador no no <laughs> he's just like a regular boxer. fighting a bull <laughs> Also, very cruel to the bull. I'm glad the bull won. There's a few scenes where they socked the bull with a robot where I was like, "This, you got to go to jail for You've this. You've got to go directly <laughs> to jail for this, yes. This is deeply inhumane. <laughs> so he's he's fighting the bull. We get a little background on him that he's a degenerate gambler. He owes a lot of money to everybody. Um, but I love I love already, like, at this level of this movie, how, like, how nicely realized this idea of robot boxing is that, like, there's this like top echelon, like big stadiums full of people watching the robots fight at the highest tech level. And then there's just like dirt ball bullshit happening on a very low key basis where Folks. like Hugh Jackman just drags a rusty piece of shit out to fucking murder a bull. <laughs> Everybody loves robot boxing from no the highest what. of the high. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter who you red, red, white, black, or blue. <laughs> You're going to love robot boxing. Well, it has a very like Pokemon like feel to it where like, sure, there's the Pokemon League. You can become a master, but you could also just be like some weird little freak who hangs out in the woods and just throws out Metapods at people. Yeah, I collect (laughs) bugs. That's what I do. But the important thing is that everybody across society is absolutely obsessed with this. (laughs) (laughs) In the same way that the Pokemon world, nobody has a thing to talk about except Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody has a job that is and Pokemon based. <laughs> the economy is fighting based. Same thing here. There's nary a person in this world who is not obsessed with robot boxing. Uh, so, um, yeah. So after the after this, Charlie uh, Hugh Jackman finds out that his ex-girlfriend has died, uh, but they have a son together and he has to go to a hearing to decide if he's going to take custody of this kid or his aunt and uncle are. Uh, Can of I course, just say? My favorite detail of this whole movie is they never talk about the girlfriend at all. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit, not even the kid. They have the one line about like, about her. <laughs> your mom was a sweet lady. And he's like, yeah, she was. Too bad she was punched to death by a robot. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we get a cause of death. <laughs> she was flattened by a Mack truck. I don't know why she died at... 28 speaking of of mac truck this is another funny detail from this movie that i couldn't stop thinking about is that hugh jackman drives his robots around in this like cool like futuristic rig like this it's the g gundam rig they got like a gundam in in a truck and they drive it around but but like the the you know the cab of the truck itself like the front of it whatever you call that uh, it has this like fun futuristic sort of a design to it. It looks like a concept car you'd see at a car show or something like that. It's like all bubbly and has like fun windows. And that's all neat. But then every other car in the universe, regular car, normal car, normal cars, absolutely everywhere else. <laughs> <The> <laughs> they borrowed- spent all the production budget on Hugh Jackman's cool truck. <laughs> 
And you know what? If you're the kind of a dog-brained degenerate who enjoys this movie, you don't notice the other cars. <laughs> you just lock into like, oh, this is a cool one, isn't it? Yeah, your eyes just go all black, and you're just like, there's a robot fucking happen Oh, soon. you got you to punch that. <laughs> Look out. Uh, but so there's a custody thing happening, and uh, the kid uh, is a precocious little Haley Joel Osmond type, and he's got an aunt and uncle who are super rich. They want to take him. Hugh Jackman wants them to take him, but he's going to try to get a little bit of scratch on the side. So he uh, just tells them like a hundred grand, and the kid is yours, and they do it. But they're like, but. We're going on vacation to Italy for three to months. Tuscany. And I would love it if we had some child care for that. Can you watch him for three months? And that'll seal the deal. Hugh Jackman says yes. And anybody who's ever seen a movie in their life can tell what a summer with dad is going to do and how that's going to end. You're going to throw <laughs> your life away after that thing. Good Lord. I love the, the, the dirtbag rich parents that the boy has in this they get like they go to general casting and they give me like give me guy who has too much money in every hollywood movie yeah i was gonna say that guy's a classic character actor you see him all over the place he his his movie for me that i always remember him as uh, and and associate as his base form is uh he's the secretary of defense in um independence day sure he is he could be <laughs> secretary of defense that guy has money <laughs> uh so uh yeah so they they take him uh the uh, Hugh Jackman takes him and they go to his gym his boxing gym where he builds his robots at don't ask and, it doesn't um, make sense don't think about it yeah don't, don't think too much <laughs> about it um, he's got this chick who's there who i guess is like his kind of like on again off again uh slam piece I oh my really god like... the sexual tension between <laughs> these two she's so beautiful and they have all the top 2010 looks. Mm -hmm. If there is a, I mean, not to throw this term around, but it's really giving 2010 in here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Everyone's jeans are plastered to their body and they got like plain striped shirts. Alyssa pointed out that, uh, my wife pointed out that the, the girl is always wearing boots and shorts mm. <laughs> everywhere she goes. <laughs> It's a special That's little a classic time. 2010s look. It's classy. So um yeah, so they uh they they use some of the money that uh that that Hugh Jackman bilked off of the kid's rich uncle uh to buy a fancy Japanese Brazilian robot. <laughs> that apparently yes. is like semi-famous. Everybody knows this robot. It's a very highly regarded robot. It's treated with great respect in the Brazil and Japanese leagues. Yeah. And so he's got like a special system in him. Not quite like the zero system, but a sort of a. Uh, <laughs> sort I would say quite different from the zero system. No, actually. but I was thinking about how like the zero system in Gundam Wing is like only Hiro has it. And so it's like a very special thing, you know, that like. Right. You know, it's very unique. This is like pretty unique, but a lot of people have this sort of a system, but it's not like the main system that people use. But basically, you talk and the thing does what you tell it to do instead of they having have a talk hand controller. Type. Which, by uh, the way, I know they really play this up for the movie about how good that is. Got to be the worst way to run a boxing <laughs> robot. <laughs> No, it's not the worst way. The worst way is what happens at the end. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so they have a special talk to type robot and they take it out to this like degenerate fucking steel mill based illegal boxing match. Uh, 
the kid is like, don't do a big fight. Do a under under ticket fight. Just get some cash and get out of here. Hugh Jackman's like, fuck that. I have a famous robot. I'm putting it straight into the 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 main fight tonight. Gets his ass walloped. Gets head absolutely flies wrecked. Off. His head flies off. Ruins the robot. You can't even use it anymore. <laughs> it's so bad. The damage. The kid hates him after this, too, because mm-hmm. he's like, um, this is the least accurate child <laughs> de- depiction in a movie I've seen in some time where the kid's like doing like f- like finance bro slang. And he's like, you got to go halvesies on this. This is just like the 78 DeMille's no, versus No, no, Parsons. no, because this is Pokemon world where like everybody is inundated and and brainwashed with, you know, they all know the robot stuff. You know? I understand he knows the robot stuff. He talks like a child who has been possessed by like a 45 year old. Like it's <laughs> deeply disturbing to I watch. I guess you're him. right. Cause even if a kid was like obsessed with, you know, like kids are obsessed with sports, but they don't understand sports gambling. No, but he understands sports gambling in a pretty major way. Also, he's very fixated on the money his dad's getting in a way yeah. where it's like, you're going to inherit all the money. What do you care? What do you care? <laughs> what do you all? need liquid cash for? Right I mean, now? I guess you got to be with him for three months. So it'd be nice to not be eating like dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just it seems like something like a a child doesn't pick up right away in a way mm-hmm. where I was like, that's weird. So they they get uh, demolished and then they go to a junkyard to look for parts uh, and to, uh, and to fix the robot and then uh, the boy immediately falls off a cliff he falls off a cliff uh, and then Hugh Jackman the saves way him you do. and then what happens does he leave him there overnight or some shit like how does this happen exactly that <laughs> like he shows up the next day the kid shows up the next day with a new robot that he found they're at a junkyard Hugh Jackman is excitedly telling him about the great history of robot boxing. The boy goes, oh, really? And wails his uh, windmills his arms, which puts him over the side of a very tall cliff. <laughs> he goes down essentially a slide over like to the edge of like a 400 foot drop. You can't even see the bottom of. Uh-huh. And just a robot's arm is sticking out at the end. And it's nearby New him. York, by the way, this. <laughs> yeah, this is over in uh, Massapequa. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just near over the hill. Um <laughs> And so uh, Hugh Jackman's like, I'm going to take the ladder. I'll be down there in five minutes. And he gets the kid off the scruff of the uh, robot. And the kid's like, this robot, it's a sign. And it's an old sparring robot. So it can really take a hit. We got to dig it up. And the dad's like, you're fucking nine. Shut up. (laughs) Go to bed. (laughs) And the kid goes, no, I'm going to get the winch or whatever. Which is like, again, like, why do you know about this stuff? Uh, so they and then they just like cut to I have a robot. It doesn't really make any sense. Like, but I don't know like how he you would... shows up with it the next day is what happened. So I assume that Hugh Jackman went home for the night and left the kid at the junkyard. And then the kid got in a forklift <laughs> <laughs> and just started digging. He got it down a cliff <laughs> and then excavated a robot got it up back over the cliff and then got it to the motel he was staying at. Um, so, so they fix up this robot. Uh, and I don't remember if they put the voice system in him yet. No, they don't. Uh, they go to, um, it's a mirror mode. Yeah. So they take, uh, they take him to the zoo, right? (laughs) At this point. Oh yes. They go to the zoo. zoo, which is a, an even somehow even more degenerate fight club. <laughs> this one taking place at what looks like the Bronx Zoo abandoned. 
And well, this uh, is like a Street Fighter stage. This is like all the crusty punks are in the background mm-hmm. uh, punching one arm into the air over yeah. and over again <laughs> while robots fight. Yeah, so the ro- they, they go there and they fight a street punk guy with a big old mohawk and he's got a robot called Metro. And I think the rules are like, if you make it one round, you get paid. If you make it two round, you get paid a little more. And then they get paid even extra maybe for killing metro i don't remember but they know so th- no one expects him to do anything against metro and then the boy because he is a child is like i bet you twice as much we'll win the whole thing and the guy's like oh you said it that counts that's what we're doing that's the bet <laughs> <laughs> i'm a 40 year old uh, that counts i have the anarchy symbol tattooed on my shoulder yeah um and then the- wouldn't you know it jeremy they fight they fight metro who has a hammer for a hand mm-hmm which seems like cheating, I would think. And they land one punch on him after getting beat up for two to three minutes. Uh, and it uh, knocks Metro's head off and he explodes and kills himself with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets into like a Tex Avery style, like horny wolf sort of a mode where he's ham- hammering yeah, himself. Error, in the error head. <laughs> style. Um good punch to do that if you can do that in any fight i recommend it that's a good punch i must agree um so then uh what do we got here series of victories um this is around when the boy starts dancing yeah he's like working on the robot and he puts the uh he puts the special voice control in it but also he um he starts doing mirror mode and dancing with it and hugh jackman's like oh people would like to see that (laughs) for some reason this is a part of the movie (laughs) you're gonna dance with the robot i will you know what these crowds love (laughs) these crowds love white boy hip-hop moves if you got any of those so they they be doing that a lot. They uh, you know, there's a big montage of them like going through a bunch of dirtball fights and also dancing with the robot as part of their gimmick. So much Eminem. Uh, and like you get uh, you get a, a, you know, a little bit of like radio in the montage where they're like, can you believe Adam, the robot? <laughs> He's really pretty He's, good. <laughs> he beats up everyone at the robot fight. Also, and I know because you're all very invested in this, Hugh Jackman's <laughs> relationship with the sexy gym owner really accelerates off camera <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a way that is very much not earned, where she is just like, we're <laughs> married she now. She's not giving him the time of day, and then by the end, she's just like fucking him constantly. <laughs> but they do not have a scene together in between those two points. That's what's no. important. <laughs> um... <laughs> Which is what made me think they were kind of an on again, off again, slam sort of situation, not a uh, not a relationship or whatever. Um, Well, because he owes her money at the beginning and he just tries to like flirt his way out of it. And he's like, don't make me do that thing. And she's like, I'm not I don't want that thing. And he's like, you used to love it. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) This is a child robot boxing movie. It is very unclear who this movie is for. <laughs> the, the audience is is broad in a way that makes it specific. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's they they've opened up the 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 doors too much to the point now where only a very specific segment of society could possibly tolerate it. That's right. You can bring the whole family, and no one will like this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone leaves dissatisfied. <laughs> So somehow they end up uh, in the robot boxing professional league in like an undercard fight. They're like a low 
they're like a you know an opening match for a big event where the famous robot Zeus, Zeus. will be fighting. Zeus designed is, by Tak Machado, by yeah. the way. I gotta say, <laughs> he was the coolest guys. guy in the film. <laughs> Just a cool cyberpunk style Japanese scientist guy. He only says things like he's programmed to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, he like can do the video game of the robot boxing better than anyone, but only does it when it's really time to hit the fan. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, they they're at this event, and um, and Zeus's people go up to them. They're like, "Hey, we'd like to buy Adam from you uh, as chum for our fucking <laughs> for Zeus, <laughs> somebody for Zeus to fuck after he <laughs> wins his robot fight." We want a sort of a comfort woman style arrangement. <laughs> Tack insisted on a comfort woman robot. We don't quite know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we're denying it even exists for now. But. Yeah. So, so they, they, uh, the kid is like, "Fuck you, no." <laughs> <laughs> and they go and they do the boxing match and they win, of course. And, Adam uh, will never bottom. In this case, <laughs> in this case, they're fighting against a two-headed robot, which for some reason is. Two heads are better than one. They it's say. double trouble, it's Jeremy. Double, it's double trouble, and uh, and its name is, by the way, I love this Twin Cities. Yeah, terrible double trouble. Which would I, have been a much it's a better reference to Saint Paul in Minneapolis, the yep. robot. <laughs> are you afraid? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you afraid of getting turned into a juicy Lucy out there on the robot track? Uh, so, uh, they win that fight and then, uh, little Max takes the, f- takes the mic and he goes, fuck you, Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ref is announcing the winner and the boy straight up mic jacks him in a way that's gotta be frowned upon. <laughs> I'm surprised that the mic even comes down this far. What with the height difference and yeah, all, and but it thing. does. <laughs> Zeus will never fuck my robot. <laughs> Zeus will never fuck my robot. He doesn't have orifices. And I challenge you, the world champion, to a fight. Or are you too chicken? And the crowd is going wild. Yeah, they're they're going insane. Uh, So Zeus agrees (laughs) to the fight. He has no choice. Uh, and and a, a plot point from very early on in the movie comes back now where a guy who uh, Hugh Jackman owes money to beats the shit out of him and Max With a, a pipe little bit. And steals um, all his money. <laughs> steals all his money. And then uh, uh, Hugh Jackman gets spooked and he sends Max back to live with his aunt and uncle. It's getting too hot out here. Uh, but Max says, no, just the one more fight. And then I promise I'll go or whatever. Um, and his aunt's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Go to Whatever. the fight. <laughs> so they go. And I they don't f- care. I was supposed to be in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already mad that I'm back from Italy. <laughs> Might as well give you back to Hugh Jackman, who was just beat to death in front of you <laughs> from pe- by people who he owes money to. <laughs> uh, so then they're at the main event. They're going to fight Zeus. And um, wait, I have one detail that we did not cover, which sure. is that all of the major fights take place at the Bing Arena. Oh, the, yeah, that's just right. need to yeah. make sure I got that in there. The <laughs> Bing Arena sponsored by Xbox 720. These are yeah. all things in the movie. <laughs> People were really high on Bing at the time. <laughs> Bing was huge. People we all really thought, thought we'd be binging. We'd be binging. <laughs> <laughs> binging and purging, it was called. 
So we're at the Bing Arena for the big uh, title fight. And um, we see the guy who beat the shit out of Hugh Jackman. He shows up and bets against Adam foolishly. Has he never seen a movie before? I guess this is not. the level of disrespect he has for Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Who's- he places the bet, of course, with Anthony Mackie, who uh, who we remember from the earlier scene at the dirtbag steel mill uh, fighting community. And uh, just as a little bit of an aside, just a little bit of fun. This is racist to him as well. He's racially <laughs> insensitive to Anthony Mackie. In a way that Anthony Mackie's like, I did not take this job at Robot Fighting Incorporated (laughs) (laughs) to be disrespected. (laughs) So he throws in a little racial jab at him, says, why not? You know, (laughs) just on my way through. I'm so confident I'm going to win this. This will come back and bite me. Uh, But of course it does. does. Uh, You should never bet against Hugh Jackman. He is the most fit alcoholic that has ever been depicted in media. <laughs> and luckily his fight is, his his bet is structured such that we can still see the rest of the action of the fight and not get too distracted. His bet is that he won't make it one round. He makes it one round. And uh, he loses his bet, and he gets taken away by Anthony Mackie, presumably to be murdered. I'm not totally clear. <laughs> He's being murdered. It's an act of racial retribution. The film is clear on this. <laughs> Much like it also have- is not like super related to the protagonist anymore. It's kind of yeah. like just a side note. Side that note. guy loses all his money. <laughs> and Anthony Mackie has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> He's just a guy that they see once and then see again. <laughs> Actually, they don't even see him the second time. He's just there. Um, He's on his way to playing Robo Tupac. So the fight goes such that um, uh, Adam is getting his shit rocked. But he's not even close. Because he's a sparring robot. He's able to pack a punch. You're going to remember that from earlier in the movie. So he's uh, he's not getting killed completely, but he is getting fucked up pretty bad. It's not close. But then they start to uh, get a few back in a couple of the rounds and they're, you know, fighting their way back in but they're still getting pretty fucked and i guess uh, the angle they're going for is that hugh jackman is the only one in the sport who actually was a boxer and that everyone else was like a video game player and so he and this is like super off-putting in the movie because it's in, done in a way where it's like this is a talk to type robot you couldn't take a moment and have a side conversation during yeah. the fight <laughs> but hugh jackman's like he's got a hitch in his right shoulder that's a tell or whatever yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Go back to boxing. <laughs> You're getting killed out there. <laughs> um, uh, and but so, so he starts uh, picking them apart with his uh, experience. Yeah, and they're starting to um, they're starting to, like wear him down. He's running out of batteries. <laughs> his juice. <laughs> so they're starting to get a few more in on him. But then, uh, lo and behold, his talk to type gets knocked loose by a big punch. And Haley Joel Osmond is like, oh, fuck. What are we going to do now? We don't have a backup to the talk to type. The only thing we can do is <gasps> mirror mode. The, sh- the shadow function from before. From the scene where a robot chased me through the streets and it was supposed to look cute, but was like the most <laughs> dangerous thing in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing mirror mode and Hugh Jackman's got to do his regular actual boxing moves. And just on a visual level, I got to say this was a huge mistake from the filmmakers. <laughs> I thought it was dope. I think the whole point was like to sell a video game or something. So mm. I'm confused. What I thought this movie was the Rock'em Sock'em Robot movie and they had the property and were like, this is the coolest version of this we can make. 
No, I don't believe so. But just for the for the listener at home, if you're not uh, watching the movie along with us, what happens is they do win the fight, obviously, or not really, but I mean they 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 do come back pretty. They steal strong. the Rocky ending. Is what they happens. almost fight him, but then they lose on a decision. So whatever. But um, but but what you're seeing visually here, I want you to <laughs> close your eyes and really picture this. This is, is important. A, a really cool and impressive and fun robot fight, like you've been seeing the whole movie. You really enjoy them. They're pretty compelling. They're really saving what's otherwise a pretty dull movie for you, and. Uh, just off in the background, slightly out of focus, is just Hugh Jackman with a huge smile on his face, just punching Jabbing air, just boxing, doing just, an upright salvo. Just again, visually, could not be a bigger mistake. It looks so goofy. <laughs> he looks pretty good at the boxing, though. In a he way, does, when it like, cuts just even... to him, you're like, oh man, that's a good looking guy. But they, when like, he's he in the really background of the robot boxing. fight, you're like, my friend, you look so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I hope you get crushed by a robot. A very <laughs> likely situation. There is, however, there is, however, a very nice little moment caught in there, uh, which as a you know, I, my biology is changed by being a father, but the moment where uh, Haley Joel Osment looks at Hugh Jackman and like sees him in slow motion punching and smiles, seeing how beautiful his father once was, that really touched me for a moment there. Oh, it's um, a touching father boy movie. I actually teared <laughs> up a little bit and I was drinking a lot of wine and Alyssa <laughs> really looked down on me for it. <laughs> they have a scene where the boy says, I want you to fight for me. That really moved me robot wise. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is a great film. Yeah, they, they, so they, they sort of win a moral victory, but they lose the decision to the judges. And the commentator immediately is like, what would you say to being the people's champion? And they're like interviewing the Japanese guy. They're like, what would you say to people who say that you're bullshit and you should have lost this fight and you suck? <laughs> <laughs> and he just storms out. And they're like, he's got nothing, folks. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, they close the movie on that, and uh, we never get any sort of update on what uh, what Haley Joel Osment's like custody situation is going to be going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a, who cares about that? It's they're doing robot Rocky. They stole the Rocky ending where the robot's like puts his arm in the air, and everyone goes yeah, and that's the movie. And the implication is like he was about to knock out the big robot. Yeah, but the timer it was going to happen, out. but the th- he was saved by the bell. Yeah, you're lucky that timer is there. That's what the show was about. Saved by the you bell. big robot. So that's the movie. Alex, what do you think? Do you recommend it? I really recommend it. I had a great time watching this film. It could have been 90 minutes for sure. Mm-hmm. This is definitely one you could trim down. <laughs> turned down to a tight 90 they already cut out like the whole romance plot like Mm -hmm. there was more stuff you could gut out and have a tight robot movie and probably save five million dollars but uh i still think it's like a fun like if this is if you're running a bar and need something to leave on in the background i think this is a top contender if you're looking for a stairs bar style situation (laughs) you just have the tv on constantly do you remember that at stairs uh the gay bar that I had my open mic at and yes. they just have jackass on all the time. They would have jackass on. I, when I was running my cafe thing, I saw all of the sci-fi channel original movies that way. Mm. Um, this is a top movie for that. I also want to say that we can safely assume 
that Hugh Jackman's ex-girlfriend was punched to death by a robot because of how robot-centric every other event in this world is. That's true, yes. There has and to be a robot you're involved. Watching, you're watching these things and you're like, it's amazing no one's <laughs> getting fucking decapitated by this thing. Yeah, well, that <laughs> happened in the last movie we watched uh, in Robot Jocks. Um, a main plot point is that like during a big robot fight that's being spectated by people, the robot just falls over as <laughs> of them and kills them all. <laughs> It's one. Hey, it's one of the risks you take. Happens. Boxing robots. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I also recommend this movie. I think it's, uh, you know, structurally dog shit. I think like the script is pretty bad. I'd say just about everything that happens in the movie, I was able to predict would happen the moment the plot thread began. But who gives a shit? I mean, you're here for one reason and one reason only, right? Like nobody's here to see the touching father boy story, although it does pay off pretty okay. Like nobody's here to see like the triumph of the robot and whatever. You're here to see the fights and the fights are fucking nice. And also, the actors are like better than they should be for what this movie, like Anthony Mackie's in this and mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. And Hugh Jackman's doing a pretty good job doing a weird, whatever the fuck kind of accent he's supposed to have. Um, he's an Australian man. So he's, he's an Australian man. Yank so the whole movie. Yeah. Which is funny too, because he could have been Australian. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So <laughs> like, he's like, change anything about you the movie. pass me a corn dog or whatever. <laughs> America style. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, the robot fights are awesome. I like that they're happening in different places every time. So we're seeing all sorts of different fun environments. I like that they're all like street fighter maps. That's fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, the plot leaves a lot to be desired, but that ain't what you're here for. So that's getting two recommends from us. Alex, thank you for joining me on the show this week. What would you two like to plug for the uh, for the dear listeners? Um, I am down to one podcast these days, <laughs> so please come appreciate the Quarators podcast. Absolutely. Live wherever podcasts are sold. podcasts these days. <laughs> Folks, we're losing them by the minute. And uh, that is on YouTube.com and on the Cracked channel where you can defend me from incels who are 45 years old and want to call <laughs> me a pedophile. Um, check that out, Quarators. Um, and then... Yeah, that's that's the only Twitter thing I have is to what plug. is Patax Test Kitchen now, right? Yeah, that is my Twitter these days. Patax Test, Test Kitchen on Twitter, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder. Follow the show Gen Lost Pod. Write us emails at generationlostpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show financially and get extra episodes every goddamn week of your fucking life, uh, you could go to patreon.com slash generation loss. Give us five dollars a month for bonus episodes, give us ten dollars a month to join La Cosa Nostra, the Sopranos tier, and tell us what TV shows we're going to be fucking watching. And if you got a little bit more money hanging around that you'd love to contribute to Bryn and I, you can give us $50 a month to join the Dark Council and decide on what types of movies we're going to be watching and what actual movies we're going to be watching. This is a council that rules with an iron fist. An iron fist. We've had no reprieve from them since we uh, instituted the council. We've had nary a pick in sight for us. Um, but go ahead it's and join. It's a political scourge <laughs> <laughs> on the show. A specter is haunting generation loss. <laughs> this damned council. But anyway, you got to join it. You got to join it. Uh, it's a little tough to get in because those tickets are... Uh, 
they're there people hold on to them for a while because they like doing it but uh join the discord and you can uh you know try to coordinate with them and and coalesce and try to figure out what the fuck you can do anyway folks thank you for listening and until next time that's movies <laughs> i forgot if i told you to say it i remembered from previous times well leave our blood class smoking out the air fucking out the kitchen she was fucking out the chair fucking out the bathroom cock it up upon the stairs and when we step in the club every girl draw near Every girl a go on mad Me have the style and pattern to make the girl and go on mad Pussy have it happy, pussy not it sad Pussy have it climax type, pussy you have it have Shiggy di wiki di slam Lick up up me talawat and body long If you looking for your one minute man God damn, she get the wrong man Big bumbo class me for bossing on me head A sexy girl say she want to give me head When me fuck pussy, pussy turn red Gymnastic, now the pussy dead when me day apart more dung on Agazed West Cumberland, no water for three west We are up in the morning, you know so that me bless Smoke so much weed, them think I not the dread Come me no give a fuck, me no give a rock